gentlemen the epl boys are back in your headphones in your car wherever you are listening to podcasts that's right boys and girls you came to the correct place for all of your epl english premier league the greatest league in the world besides the mls in all sports information as always my name is matt with my best friend through the interweb jd jd it was a great weekend for some soccer. Yes, it was, Matt. And I have the only like the only thing I could say was I, I did absolutely nothing this weekend except watch the Premier League and the NFL. Finally had a free weekend to watch the NFL. It's so tough because I, I usually am seeing people on weekends these days. I can just never watch them. I can I can always like bring up the Premier League games on my phone or whatever, but I don't, I don't pay extra for the NFL because it's not that great of a sport or league. I'm just a big Steelers fan. But I got to watch uh, Liverpool play. I got to watch, not even play this game. Liverpool annihilated practiced. Watford. They, pra- and we'll, they, they had practice. Yeah. They, had pr- they practiced during this game. Yeah, and, and we'll get to the game. But a great story behind me watching the game was Friday night. I'm just having some beers, you know, just, just casually having a couple brewskis. And all of a sudden it's 3.30 in the morning. And I'm like, hmm, Liverpool plays in four hours. And then it's 4.30 in the morning, and I'm just like, you know, watching a movie. I think I watched Dazed and Confused, one of my favorite movies ever. And I only ever watch it when I'm really drunk because I can rewatch it because I don't remember it. It's a great movie. Uh, and then it was like 5 a.m., and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to go to bed now. So I literally just stayed up. 7.30 rolled around. Yeah, I'm watching Liverpool. And 9.30 hit right after the game. I'm out. I woke up at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Great day. Just fantastic day. I don't. I don't know if your weekend can top it, Matt. Um. I mean, I did as well. Enjoy some wonderful sports watching. Um. As always, um, my house is currently like under construction, so like, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Like, there's rooms I can go into and rooms I can't go into, and it's it's interesting. But yeah, um, thank God the cable box still works, and one at least one TV does. So yeah, I've uh, I it, it, JD, we are in a beautiful time in sports right now. Like honestly, right now, in my opinion, the air is getting crisp, leaves are starting to fall off the trees. It's hoodie season. It's pumpkin spice season for some flannel, of you. Flannel, flannel, and Tim's. Flannel and Tim's. You don't, baby. You don't have but, to tell me again. Flannel and Tim's. But, but at least in sports, and again, people may disagree with me on this one, and that's fine. We are in the perfect window for sports, at least here, especially if you're one who does appreciate soccer. Because right now, we have the MLS is going into its final weeks right before playoffs. You have the NBA that's now in its preseason. The NHL just started, and if you're lucky enough, NHL just moved to ESPN. So now, no matter where your team is located, you get to watch all their games. As well, the NFL is now in full swing. You have the English Premier League now starting to unfold properly, as well as some of the other leagues around the world. And then, to top it all off, we have playoff baseball going on right now. There, at no point, again, and this is a, a Sunday to Saturday thing, you turn your TV on at any point during the day, there are sports. And honestly, it for me, this is a beautiful thing that we just have sports going on all the time. But guys, if you want to hear us talk about other sports, you're going to have to pay extra, baby. You know, you're going to have to pay a little extra. We but have a Patreon. Worry. We have a Patreon. We- I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> if you're an OG, Logan set it up. I don't know how it works. Uh, apparently, you can pay us. Uh, money i guess um if i don't know i don't uh, know we have a balance i I think somebody is paying us uh monthly but (laughs) we have money and then i hope it's gonna go to towards like shirts or something but 
Who knows? Honestly, I, we have to find out who's been putting into that because we have to get them some free stuff. So I know uh, who I, I know who it is. It's one person. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> I I think they have a free T-shirt coming their way, but <laughs> we don't know but, them, and I don't think they have a free T-shirt coming their way. <laughs> I I think, and you know what? I'll find a way to get. If you're putting money into our Patreon, I will find some way to hook you up with free stuff. But besides that. Besides all the jokes, we are about five minutes into this episode, and JD, we're disappointing the people right now, because we're not talking about the English Premier League. Guys, we are going to kick it off first thing Saturday morning. JD stayed up all night because he couldn't sleep, because he was so excited for Liverpool versus Watford. JD... We were lucky enough to be on a very good friends podcast recently. We happen to enjoy the Benchwarmers FC podcast. When again, guys, if you haven't, give them a shout out. We're gonna have them on the show in a few weeks. We are extremely excited to have them. They are awesome people. JD, you and I went into some great detail, and honestly, they didn't believe us when we said that this would just be practice for Liverpool. Liverpool would just unload. It was written in the stars. It's a new coach for Watford. They're kind of on the down, and everything Liverpool is on the up. Watford 0, Liverpool 5. I'm going to get my thought in really, really quickly, which is Mo Salah is still the best player in the world. You're not going to get any arguments from that. Bobby Firmino, I need to find out what he does to whiten his teeth so much because, yeah, I could I could use some of that. And three, like, does... Did, does, did the Liverpool goalie just literally sit there with a chair and newspaper? Because I don't remember the ball going to him at all. JD, have a field day. You deserve it. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Pronounce the Liverpool goalkeeper's name. All right, hold on. Hold on. I, cause Cause I remember, it was not I know, Allison. No. It was not yes, Allison. Yes, I know. I know. It was definitely not Allison. It was... um. He's Keller. only Irish. What's He's his Keller. first name? What's his first name? Chio Mayan. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> I'm all ears. Hi, okay, tell me how where I got that wrong. Okay, it's, this it's is Komen. Komen Keller. Okay, that's not how you spell Komen. Okay. It's Komen Keller. He's Irish. It's not like uh, he's. Yes, I guess Irish or not, but that kind of like <laughs> that. That's not. <laughs> All right, now that we've gotten the fact that Matt continuously cannot pronounce names, JD, how about we talk about some of the soccer that happened? <laughs> All right, yeah, Kobe Kelleher, um, yeah, he's a super young goalkeeper for Liverpool. He actually is not bad at all. He's very good. He, he started, I think, two Champions League games for Liverpool last season. Uh, and I, one, one of them, I remember, was against Ajax, and he had a couple saves. He's pretty good. He's like 22 or something. Look. It, this game did not come down to Komen Keller. <laughs> I think he probably touched the ball like six times. And... He did He did lead. So funny statistic. He did lead the entire game in pass efficiency at 95%. Yeah, because he passed it six times. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty easy to do that when all you're passing is just like goal kicks short. Like, yeah, your passing mm-hmm. accuracy is going to be very good. But look. Liverpool went into this thinking, okay, we're on great form. Salah's killing it. The rest of the team's killing it. Watford kind of suck. They're, they're they're not doing well. They have a new coach. I they went into the, they went into this just wanting to murder this team, and th- that they did. I mean, you, you you think Mane happy to see him scoring Salah with a beautiful assist, uh, and then Firmino hat trick. Like, come on. Who would have guessed that, honestly? <laughs> things, I wonder... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, things that I definitely would have put money were not going to happen on that Saturday. And I'm telling you right now, a Bobby Firmino hat trick was well up there. And look, like, all three of his goals were good. They None of them were, like, individual brilliance, but the, the positioning was great. He was just there to put it in. And, and he's not like Ronaldo where you can make fun of him for having tap-ins because, yes, two of the goals were tap-ins. But that, this is Bobby Firmino. Uh, this okay. is Bobby Firmino. Okay. He's, not ex- okay. he's not expected to score I, all the time. I, I, so when he I gets a hat get trick. It. 
I get it. No, I and I'm not. And again, I'm not disagreeing you here. But if Cristiano Ronaldo got a hat trick like this, I would be hearing oh, yeah. nothing. Oh yeah, I, I, I would be. The, I would be on that look side. At saying the, like, again, okay. here's the thing. No, but here's the thing. Let me defend Bobby and Cristiano for this. Okay. When you're a strike, when wh- exactly when you're a yeah, striker, it's about being at the right position. And honestly, for all of Bobby's goals today. He was in the right position. He did his job. At the end of the day, even though Jurgen Klopp blatantly ignored Bobby Firmino getting a hat trick because he couldn't stop talking about Mosa, imagine, like, that's a prime example of, like, the, the jokes that they have about, like, multiple kids. They have, like, the oldest, the middle, and the youngest. Like, Mane is the oldest. He gets a B plus and he gets ignored. Bobby gets an A plus as the middle child. But because Mo Salah is the youngest child and he came home with a C, all Jurgen can talk about is, look at my little angel. He's doing so Whoa. well, Mo Salah. Like, yeah. I just I just think that's so funny that Bobby got a hat trick and yet all Jurgen can talk about is how great Mo Salah is. And listen, listen, he has reason to only talk about Salah. I saved this goal for last. It was not the last goal scored. Mo Salah... Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I personally, I think the city goal is still better, but... So do I. To, to do it two match weeks in a row, just absolutely world-class individual effort goals. I it, like pe- People that weren't on the train of like, okay, Mosal is the best player in the world right now on current form. What are you, what are you even talking about? Like, nobody... like. He he is the best player right now. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world off of off of history or anything like that. Right now, on current form, he is better than anyone else in the world. And it's not even close. Like that it's goal, I, uh, it's like, mm. but it's yeah, but it's 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 actually not close. Like because right now, if you're looking at it, yeah, you know Lewandowski again. I I have my opinions about the German league, but um, no, sure I, Lewandowski I, yeah, is yeah, up there. Yeah. I, oh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I agree. He should I win just, the Ballon d'Or. Uh, I just, I just think. I mean, if we're talking about current form right now, I think it's harder for Mosala to do what he's doing in the Premier League right now than what Lewandowski is doing in the Bundesliga. Like again, not here to talk about the German soccer league. I happen to be watching this game while out with friends on Sat on Sunday. I'm I'm watching the first place team absolutely just embarrass the third place team, and I get it. Yes, yeah, sometimes that happens, but in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich do this to every team, and it's honestly like I feel like if any competent striker was on Bayern Munich, he would be a Balladeur candidate as well. I feel like with what Mo Salah is doing right now is just it, it's phenomenal. It's kind of the way you kind of looked at when Cristiano Ronaldo played for Real Madrid. Where he, when the ball's on his foot, it doesn't matter where he's picking it up. You can't take your eyes off of him because you think something's going to happen. You think that he's actually going to be, like, he's going to turn this into a goal. And honestly, I, 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 there's a big thing about living in the moment with sports because you don't know what you got until they're gone. And I feel like people need to really watch what Mo Salah does and really, like, whether you're a rival or not. Again, I, uh, I was raised to hate Liverpool, but when Mo Salah has the ball, dude, it has to be the exact same way people used to look at Cristiano when he played for United or Barcelona fans when they looked at Cristiano when he played for Real Madrid. Yeah, you can hate him because he plays for the other team, but damn, you got to appreciate the brilliance that's happening in front of us. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it'll be happening for a while longer because reports are saying He's going to sign a contract extension, 400,000 pounds a week. You know what? Show give him me more, the money. Give him more than that. Give him more than that. Give him, he's worth more than that, honestly. And I, I don't think a single Liverpool player would be against Salah making that money because he he's not, he's not the single reason that they're playing so well, but God damn it, he's one of the major reasons. So, I look, just pay him. Just fucking pay him. 
Alright, and I think we've, uh, we've... I, I don't know if we can talk much more about how Liverpool just ran train on Watford. I'm sorry if that offends someone. Um, yeah, Liverpool are definitely, definitely showing the rest of the Premier League, hey, we are a contender. But we are, we're gonna move on, um... You know what? We're gonna we, we we started with JD being happy, and and honestly, JD, I just want to get this game out of the way because I want to just let's talk about yeah. it and let's just move on. Leicester City four, Manchester United two, um, on a day that saw a couple different score lines, but or a couple different storylines, I might add. But I mean, we can go into the numbers and stuff like that. But I mean, honestly. JD, before I really, like, go off on certain things here or there, because I do have a few points I do want to discuss, from your perspective, what... I mean, again, there are many takeaways, but, I mean, it, where would you want to even start with this game? Uh, Leicester were the much better team overall. I mean, Mason Greenwood scores scores a world-class goal, and then Yuri Thielman's just like, fuck you, I'm going to do it too. And, I, look... Yeah, and then you got Rashford, Rashford scoring as well on his return. That's great to see, but you need to be safer at the back. Uh, you had Harry Maguire, and guess what? We're doing something new this week. My Pepper Brooks MVP straight to Ouchtown. Harry Maguire for, just for that fine, that fourth goal. I mean, just seriously, if you haven't seen that fourth goal, the Pasendaka goal, go watch it. It is you, horrendous defending if from Harry you, Maguire. So, funny enough, I mean, this is actually his return to the King Power Stadium with fans. This is the first time he's there. And I'm telling you right now, the fans were giving it to Harry Maguire. But if you look closely, if you end up watching replays on all the goals, Harry Maguire is almost directly involved in three of the four goals Lester scored. Which is, like, I mean... I don't know if you can give someone a zero on the day, but I mean, yeah, uh, he, JD, no one I think in the entire season has deserved Ouchtown more than Harry Maguire. Yeah, and and just think, we were we were we didn't think he was going to be playing. Well, we I thought th- was- but that, and that's the thing that that's one of the things I wanted to bring up as coaching decisions with Ollie because Ollie even discussed how he wasn't a hundred percent yet felt like he was the best option, and honestly. Uh, that's something I'm, but that's something I'm going to disagree with. I understand like anyone, there's only a handful of players in the entire world. They're not a hundred percent, but I would still play them. And honestly, that's your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your Salas, you know, you're going to, your your Mbappe's, your Neymar's. Like there are certain players that are just a, a massive level where it's like, okay, can you go? It's not like, are you injured or not? Can you go? Harry Maguire is nowhere near that level. And I felt like maybe if it was the end of the game and we were defending a 2-1 lead or something and, hey, you want to bring on a third center back to kind of just lock it down, by all means, bring on Harry Maguire. But, like... He got found out pretty hard in this game. I mean, like, I mean, he was, I mean, awful. I mean, honestly, Harry Maguire was awful in this game. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. United, uh, look, keep Ole at the wheel. I'm loving it, but from a not, not, not from me. Fire Ole. Like, I would I, love yeah. if he stayed, but he should be fired. Like right. he is, he's steering this team in the wrong direction. He has no idea what he's doing. He has so many big names. He has such a good team. He really does have such a good team. Oh yeah. And he just has no idea how to util- utilize these players. And take nothing away from Wester. They deserved it. They were the much better team on the day. But goddamn, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the fuck. And 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 something. I mean. I'm, I'm going to go into my little bit of rants here or there. I had my little rant about Harry Maguire, how I don't feel like that was the correct decision for him to play in that position. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll start with the coach, and I'll start with, like, coaching staff and coaching decisions. Um, I, I'm just... Vibe FC strikes again, because this was another day where 
when Leicester had the ball, United didn't press, they didn't move, they they sat back, and then offensively, no one's moving when someone has the ball. These are all things a coach should be able to, you know, again, and you said it, when you have guys like Bruno, Paul Pogba, you know, Marcus Rashford got very good minutes in this game. Jaden Sancho looking a little bit better each day, but still not looking comfortable. Mason Greenwood having to, like, do what he has to do. I mean, it takes a really poor game plan to take Cristiano Ronaldo out of his own offense. Because you, you with the way that United are playing right now, Cristiano is not being used to the best of his abilities. You know, he wants to charge at runners. United play such a slow style offensively. It's just, it, it, it absolutely kills the star power you have. But yeah, um, someone asked me, well, Matt, if you were Manchester United, what would you do? And honestly, I, again, I am such a big believer in, I'm not here to ever discuss a man's job. I'm never, I, I hate when people do, you know, when, you know, the Josie outs, the Van Gaal outs, I mean, no matter what you're supporting, your team you support, at some point in time, you've most likely wanted a manager out and you've screamed it from the rooftops. Me personally, I don't like doing that because the issue is, is then the level of expectations for the new guy, whoever decides to come in is astronomical because if you're just keeping with what the old manager was doing, then as a fan base, you look like a fucking idiot. Because then you're screaming, crying, bloody fucking murder. Honestly, I hate to admit it. Look at Arsenal, boys and girls. Arsenal for years, are they screamed and they cried. Arsenal out, Wenger out, Wenger out, Wenger out. Has it been better since Arsenal Wenger left? Because in my opinion, I think things have gotten a lot worse. And honestly, that's the things I'm worried about. But if I was Manchester United... I would honestly sit down with Ollie Gunner and go, hey, what's your immediate plans for this future? And if he just starts rambling on nonsense, you just kindly ask him to just, hey, just walk off into the sunset. Just honestly, Back just walk, yeah, just, just walk it off. It's one of those things, and if you've heard any superhero movie, you've heard the saying, you know, you either die a hero or you you, or you you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And Boo. that's and and, and that's Boo. and that's and, and that's but I but I, I JD, is that not what will happen? Because if Ollie continues to be at the wheel and Man United crash out of Champions League, crash out of the FA Cup, and are in eighth place in the Premier League by Christmas. Love it. Of course you would. But I'm talking along the lines of the United fans who have come to adore Ollie not only as a coach but as a player. It's 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 gonna leave a really really sour taste in that fan base's mouth of Ollie, and it might be one of those that just might not recover. Like I said on the past episode, it seems like all the assistant coaches are getting new contracts, and the team in in certain reports to the team have said that they back the coach, but. Uh, an interesting thing that I actually did some research on, JD, and I know where I'm talking a little bit longer, and we'll move on in a few seconds. An interesting factor is Josie, Louis Van Gaal, and David Moyes all were terminated from their positions when it was almost mathematically confirmed that they could not get top four. So the Glazers seem to have made a direct message where it goes if. You are not getting Champions League football. We are not going to keep you as a manager. And I feel like if United wait that long, if they wait till the end of the season, it might be too late for a lot of things. United are still trying to fight to keep Paul Pogba here. Paul Pogba looked miserable at the end of the game doing his post-game conference. Cristiano is a guy who wants to win. He's not here to get fifth. One of the final things, at least on the coaching-wise, and I understand that, you know, Ollie wants to stay and the club wants him to stay, but there's already rumors, circulated rumors, and I get it, they're rumors, but when Sit they're down. coming from when they're coming from Fabrizio Romano, you have to kind of take it and be like, damn, that's got to be fucking legit. He's come out and flat out said that Zinedine Zidane, if offered the contract for Manchester United, would accept it. Now, again, 
tinfoil hats on, boys and girls. Cristiano Ronaldo had some of his best years under Zinedine Zidane, and he will know how to use him, number one. And number two, yeah, you want to sign Paul Pogba to a long-term contract? Why don't you just go out and get his idol to be his head coach? That's it. I'm just saying, you want to talk about a guy who's immediately going to come into a locker room and demand um, perfection, demand a level of expectation that has had been on none of these players before? It's just a thought process, boys and girls. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. I mean, I really don't feel like we need to talk much more about this. But um, in my opinion, the game of the week is what we're going to be talking about now, which is Aston Villa 2, Wolves 3. In a game that saw goals from damn near everyone. Danny Ings, of course, getting on the goal sheet for Aston Villa. But guys, that's not even the beginning of the score scoreline or storyline. Aston Villa had a 2-0 lead going into the 80th minute of this game. And Wolves was like, nah, JK, bro, we got this, fam. Three goals after the 80th minute to give Wolves a 3-2 lead. JD, I am going to have you start this off. What's the I bigger, mean... sto bigger storyline? The Wolves' comeback or the Aston Villa destruction? I, I mean, what a comeback. It, it, it's it's the wolf it's wolves battling back in the 80th minute i mean i mean granted roman saiz's goal was just fucking terrible that, that was just a garbage goal they all count they all count just but it, it's not it, it's not the greatest goal ever then connor cody captain el capitan is that his like second isn't that his like second goal ever for the club <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember when he scored his first, which wasn't too long ago. It I think it was last be... year. I, I think it was last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. No, I feel like he scored again. I It was the second or third goal. I don't remember. And then Ruben Neves with just the gift, the just the gift uh, of a deflected free kick. You'll love to see it. As I don't a know. Yeah. As a goalie, like, honestly, like, if your friend is a goalkeeper, you're just like, I'm sorry. Because that's got to be one of those things where it's like, it doesn't matter what goalie on earth is in net, when a shot takes that much of a deflection, oh, you it's can't just, it's it's cruel. I honestly yeah. just, it, it's cruel. No, yeah. No, I, I'm going to give this one to the Wolves. They 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 fired back. They they were down 2-0 in the 80th minute. And, and they just found a way to do it away from home. I will say... Finally, John McGinn being on my fantasy team is paying off. Finally. Because his goal was pretty fucking awesome. It, it, it was outside the box, just completely on the ground. Just hard, powerful shot outside the box, on the ground. Loved it, into the corner. And actually, Pat's a, from from the United-Leicester game, Pat Zadaka I've had on my team the entire year, and finally he fucking scores. So my, my, my fantasy Premier League week was fantastic. Because two guys that never score <laughs> scored and uh yeah i'm feeling good but this in, in this wolvesville game just a great game honestly just a great game to watch back i didn't watch it live uh if you didn't know or if you if you weren't listening to the beginning of this podcast i was asleep the entirety of saturday i watched the liverpool opera game and uh didn't sleep the night before so i missed all these games but i watched them all back not the full games but the the full highlights and everything it was a great game. It was a great game. I, I kind of wish I would have been up to watch it. There's no way my body would have let me. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I what a comeback. Uh, honestly, and I, I love it. I, I love, I, I love these comeback stories. And honestly, for this Wolves team, things are starting to click, boys and girls. And that's a very, very big thing. Honestly, that's a very, very big thing. If Wolves continue to get this production from other players besides Raul Jimenez, this is massive. Um. I, I guess a few other points to talk about is Adama Traore, again, when he's charging at you, uh, honestly, I would just jump on his back and just pray he goes down. Uh, if this guy ever gets into some form of scoring rhythm at all, oh, fuck. But, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of great things to take away from... I mean, honestly, both teams, Aston Villa, outside of the last 10 minutes... Man, this was a day made in paradise for these guys because Wolves, up until that point, were absolutely struggling to get anything started, and then it just clicked. Looking it up, that is his second senior goal for Wolves when they've been in the Premier League. So okay, okay. He's, uh, he's currently on a goal a season 
for the past two years. That is, uh, that's top stuff. Uh, it's not even good for a center back, to be honest. Uh, well, I'm t- uh, not all of our center backs are Virgil van Dyke. Okay. The level of expectations, not that high. Uh, but guys, <laughs> we, but guys, we are going to move on. Uh, uh, we're gonna knock this one route really quickly. Norwich zero, Brighton zero. Um, nothing. I have nothing, nothing to say. I have. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is just a really disappointing result for Brighton, uh, a team that, I mean, you see the way other teams around the top four are fighting. If Brighton can pull wins out of these games, they might actually be able to be in the conversation for maybe some European football at the end of the year. But um, Norwich picking up. I what is it? Their second point of the season off of Very a zero zero draw. Point that will mean nothing. Um, yeah, watching Norwich makes me really like. And trust me, I I just spoke about how much United is killing me on an emotional level. Watching Norwich makes me not want to watch the sport, and honestly, that's that's pretty fucking bad. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Uh, Manchester City two. Burnley, nothing. To get it out of the way really quickly, boys and girls, our little bet of 82.5%. Fuck you, Matt. Yeah, I was... Uh, my, you know what? Pep's a fraud. They might have won, but Pep's a fraud. My Pep Guardiola would have gotten 90% possession in this But he game. did not. He did not. So now I have to do some form of TikTok dance. I have to learn how to dance. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. I, I, forgot, I forgot what the... Oh, my God. I literally forgot what we were actually betting on. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wait I'm, I'm, no wait i know now that i know it i need to i need to pick it i need what, to pick it you need oh i i thought i was oh well now i'm double fucked um but yeah um yeah if you listen to the bench warmers episode that we were on we agreed that a tiktok dance was in order but uh I forgot about that. we uh goals from bernardo silva and kevin de bruyne i mean this is business as usual for um this is business as usual for Manchester City. I mean, Burnley, you know, Burnley, Burnley. I mean, I really can't say anything else besides that. Um, I mean, JD, all of you, you know, start off as always. I mean, what in your opinion is the biggest takeaway from this game? I Honestly, th- this wasn't City being normal City. They, they had trouble breaking down this Burnley side, which you look, it's it's Burnley for most teams they are hard to break down city in recent history have not had trouble winning five four or five nil against this team they they did struggle a little bit i i they get an early goal from bernardo silva was not the cleanest of goals it was spilled by the goalkeeper and and bernardo silva was there which yeah it's it's a goal but other than that it took them to the 70th minute for for de bruyne to get a crazy goal honestly on his left i and I, they should be winning this game more than 2-0, honestly. I, I'm I'm a little surprised Burnley didn't get some fucking cheesy-ass header off a corner like I predicted. But, yeah, I, other other than that, other than City struggling to break them down, Burnley played like Burnley, and they lost like Burnley. And they're going to get relegated like they should. Just yeah. keep it up. Just keep um. it up. A couple nice storylines to talk about in this game. Um, well, one's nice, one's not so nice. Uh, Zach Steffen getting the start with um, with Ederson being out because of the international play. Uh, Zach Steffen, the U.S. men's national team goalkeeper, was able to keep a clean sheet. I doubt he really touched any of the ball. Um, but overall, um, Manchester City looks solid. I mean, I think that would be the, the, the biggest takeaway from this game is they just they looked a solid they put in a solid performance, and uh, again, I don't think this is anything that Pep is going to brag about to anyone, but three points are three points, and, you know, hey, I'll take it. But one storyline I do want to talk about is Raheem Sterling has now started to cause some fuss in the media about his not getting enough playing time. Pep Guardiola coming out and immediately saying how important Raheem Sterling is to the overall DNA of Manchester City. Uh, he's said that very similar line about a you know Sergio Aguero, Leroy Sané, and these are guys who are now no longer at the club. Um, I mean, JD. I mean, Raheem Sterling is now only a year or so away from being in his thirties. I mean. Could you see at any point in time in the near future that maybe Manchester City or even just Raheem Sterling tries to move on from another, like one another? 
I mean, yeah, he might move on. I don't think he's a year or two away from his 30s. He's 26. He's oh entering, wow, what? okay, he's wow. entering oh. his prime. Oh my, well, I mean, to be fair, in soccer, your prime goes until you're like 32, 33. But I mean, yeah, for no, some I, players, oh, I thought he was. Tw- oh, I thought uh, for some odd reason, I thought Raheem. I feel like it just maybe just because Raheem Sterling's been in the league so long, I assumed he was like 20 yeah, or 29. Because he announced himself when he was like 19 at Liverpool. <laughs> That's why he's been there so long. But yeah, no, 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 he's he's. I mean, he has plenty of years left at the top. And here's the thing. Yeah, if he's not happy at City, and City are willing to let him go, he can go wherever the fuck he wants. He, he, is, he is that good of a player. I personally don't like him. That doesn't mean I don't, I, I don't rate him. He is a great player. He could go to any big club in Europe. You go to Real Madrid, Barcelona, well, Barcelona, but I, Bayern Munich, uh, fuck, PSG, fucking Newcastle at this point. Imagine Newcastle getting Raheem Sterling like that'd be insane, and I could fucking see it, and it'd be yeah. terrible. But I I've no. got this. No, that's and honestly, I like the Newcastle shout because Newcastle is going to want to bring in. They're not going to want to just reach around huge, the world. That'd be a huge signing. I would. I mean, honestly, imagine that be the first. I mean, honestly, I feel like that would be a win for everyone. Manchester City would make a few dollars and get a guy off of the roster who clearly does not want to be there anymore. And then you have, man, you know, Newcastle bringing in their now star winger. Like, I feel like that might be a very big win-win because, I mean, he played down the middle in this game. So it's just, it's just tough. But you know what? I mean, I feel like that storyline is just starting. I feel like we're probably not far away from, you know, hearing new information about that every single day. Southampton won, leads nothing. In a game that only saw a goal in the 53rd minute from uh, Bjura, um, JD, we, we, I get it. We've, we've mentioned it on numerous, numerous occasions and all that stuff. This is what happens when leads have too much of the ball. And I get it. It's, you know, it's just how it's been. They had 55% possession, and that's all leads had. Southampton dominated every other major statistic in this game. I, I, again, I'm not sitting here and I'm not saying we have to start raising the red flags and who's on the hot seat. Leeds is only three points out of the relegation zone right now. And I know we have, we've had the conversation about sophomore slumps and stuff like that. I think Leeds is low-key starting to have a sophomore slump, and if any of those teams in the bottom three start to pick things up, like, let's be fair here, Newcastle is in the bottom three. Eventually, they're going to get a massive injection of new players, and they're going to make a push. Leeds right now are probably in a very dangerous area. This was a must-win game for Leeds, and they did not step up. Here's the thing about this game. I'm not saying Leeds have like Leeds have not had a good start of the season, but you have to understand they were without arguably their two best players, in Patrick Bamford who has an ankle injury, no idea when he's coming back, and Rafinha. I don't know why Rafinha was out. Uh, I probably should know, but I, I just I I can't think of why he he wasn't playing. But this is what happens when you don't have your best attacking player. In the team, and 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 that's like with these teams that that you know you don't expect to challenge for the title or even Champions League, but you expect to beat teams like Southampton, and without Rafinha and without Bamford, I, I don't, at that point it doesn't matter if you know, you can make the excuse oh they had too much possession and they don't play like that, you need those two players or at least Rafinha, because he's your chief creating creative player, and. I, <sighs> It showed that they, they could they couldn't get anything done. Southampton, I I don't know. I I guess good good win. I I still don't rate the Southampton side. Still without Jack uh, uh, James Ward Prowse because of the red card. And I there's not much else to say about this game. Honestly, it wasn't a great game. Neither team looked good right now, and one just decided to score a goal. So, 
so Bielsa actually made a statement um, saying that because of, you know, travel restrictions with Brazil, with him representing for the Brazilian oh, national was, team. Okay, he was still, I was thinking yeah. that might have been why. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So he, so that's the main reason why he was out. Um, I, I, I just, you know what? Let's spin this. I want to spin this because you know what? Why? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to spin this more for Southampton. This was a massive result for Southampton. Honestly... They're about to go through a tough string of games without their captain and arguably their best player in James Ward Prowse, who's currently representing, uh, you know, representing with a red card at the moment. This was a very, very big win for Southampton. If you walked away with a draw from this game, that still would have been a massive result. This was a massive, massive game for Southampton. And honestly, when we're looking at the end of the season and Southampton, which I still do expect is going to be on the lower part of the table, this will be a game where they turn around and they go, hey, we stayed up because of games like this. So you know what? For Southampton, I really, I tip my hat to you guys. You guys did, uh, uh, you... You blew our expectations right out of the water. We're going to move on, guys, to the final game of Saturday. Brentford 0, Chelsea 1. In a game where Brentford deserved to win that game like no one's business. And Brentford have continued to just impress me beyond words at this point, JD. Beyond words, I want Brentford to be a successful club. Yes, I know we've talked about Leeds last year Sheffield United the year before there is something different about this Brentford side and just their inability to be scared of anybody that makes me just I, I love them I I love Brentford I, I I I get this is a loss but how do I feel like this is a loss where they still walked away the better looking team there are more questions from this game about Chelsea who won than Brentford who lost like uh, JD, I'll have you you go in whatever direction you want to go in, and I'll go in the opposite direction. But honestly, I just I'm buying all the Brentford stock right now. No, you you know you know I'm the biggest fucking Brentford supporter. Like, come on, Brentford. Look, yeah, the scoreline might read one nil to Chelsea, but they were the much better side, and they can keep their heads held high after this game. I it came down to Mendy being one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. I, yeah, Brentford should have won this game without Mendy. I, this is a, this is a 3-1 win for Brentford, but Mendy showed why he's one of the best goalkeepers right now. Just, just an outstanding performance by him. But, but, but Brentford can really think back on this game and be like, we, we played very well against a very good Chelsea side. So I, I don't know. I like as, as, as on paper as boring as this game looks. It, it was a good game. It, it, it was a very entertaining game, and and I'm just very excited to see what Brentford can do for the rest of the season. Yeah, I just uh, I, and I'll, I'll I'll spin this now to Chelsea, and of course we're gonna now mix our Pepperbrooks MVPs like JD just did. We're gonna mix them in, and of course mine. This was. The easiest, and I mean the easiest probably choice for Pepperbrook's MVP I'm going to have all year, and that is Edward Mendy. My goodness. Six massive saves, five of them in the box. He is the reason Chelsea won today. Like, and it's not even a question. Without a doubt, any conversation I've had with any of my close friends who are all Chelsea fans are... Where has this guy been all my life? And how the hell is this guy not the $72 million goalkeeper that we paid for? Like, you fit to think they paid $72 million for Keppa and picked this guy up for like 16. My goodness, what? A, like, because, I mean, remember at the beginning of last season, JD, the joke was Chelsea and their goaltending situation. They bring this guy in and he literally plugged all the holes. Like,. It is absolutely beautiful to see what happens when the right signing comes into place. And honestly, uh, what, what do you want to say? I mean, he'll, he'll be off to Real Madrid soon enough. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I I really don't know because honestly, that's, that's, that's where they all go from Chelsea. I, I, well, I mean, I, they, they, that Theo Courtois guy. You know, he's a uh, Theo. A, you just called him Theo. Yeah. Kev from Lads is very pissed right now. 
He can be as pissed. He can be as pissed as he wants. Tebow. I call him Tebow. Theo. I call him Tebow Theo. Courtois. But I mean, overall, I mean, what was also an interesting story in this game was um, Loftus Cheek getting a return back to the Chelsea starting lineup uh, from his loan with Fulham. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Ben Chilwell quietly scores bangers. Like that just yeah. Ha- what a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Low-key, yeah, low-key Ben Chilwell, average defender, massive banger of the ball into the net. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, Chelsea, I I guess the final storyline from that game would be Romelu Lukaku goes another game without a goal. I'm still not worried. He scores his goals in bunches. Like, honestly, it's the same thing with Harry Kane. Once he scores one, he just gets a taste for it. I'm not worried about it at all. Oh, uh, Timo missed another, like, sitter. And yeah, uh, water's wet. Water's wet. The sky is blue. My depression increases every day with me being Ben Shapiro's fan. wife's pussy is dry. You know. Wow. I. You know what? It's been a while since that video has come across my social media. But I, I feel like I'm definitely gonna spend a few moments tonight Wait. listening to the remix <laughs> of. Well, I would say which video, the actual video or the video of us on Duke by the River where I literally made that joke to you after you said something about being too dry. Yeah. And no. I, and I called you, you know, Ben Shapiro's wife. You know what? Both. I'm going to I'm going to do we should, both. We should put that on our social. I don't think we ever did that. I We, we should w- put that clip on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> the people need to hear yeah, me make the, that joke yeah, because the, it's great. Uh, you know what? The, the, at, the, Matt, the, at Matt's expense. Which is even better. Well, I mean, everything's at my expense, but that's just that's the (laughs) price that's the price I pay for the work I do. Everton zero, West Ham one. To start off the Sunday games, we had a little bit of a boring contest. Um, Abana, you know, getting on the goal sheet, seventy fourth minute. But uh, outside of Thomas uh, Suchek getting his face stepped on by accident, I mean, those scars are gonna look awesome. When he's done playing soccer, he can definitely be a Bond villain in, like, 20 years with those scars on his face. So, um, yeah. Uh, Biggest takeaways from this game, at least in my opinion, uh, job well done, West Ham. I mean, these are the games that you're going to have to grind out. Um, This was a very even contest. Um, We all chose West Ham, but we all did say, though, it was going to be extremely tight. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this tight, but... Yeah, uh, overall, I, I truly, truly enjoyed um, I enjoyed this game. This was a fun game to watch early Sunday morning. Um, I don't know. This is just, this is what West Ham do. West Ham bang out really close games. And Everton also didn't look bad. Everton were even on almost every statistic. So, I mean, JD, I guess the only question, as I've been asking all night, is, I mean, what's your biggest storyline takeaway from this contest? Um. Well, first of all, this game, to me, this kind of sucked. I, I, I was hoping West Ham would put in a better performance. Sure, they grant, like granted, they won, but I, I just didn't think they did enough. And, and Everton, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about them. My biggest thing about this game is I am so glad that I didn't have to witness a different player getting absolutely stamped on their face. And, and yes, it was by, it was an accident. It was an accident. Like there's no shout for red card or anything like that. It was a complete accident. But Thomas Suchek, I'm just so happy it was him. Because that's a guy who's going to get up, scar, like just bleeding from his face and just be like, yeah, whatever. It's part of the game. Could you imagine if it was, if it was like a different player, like say like Bruno, Bruno would still be on the ground. Yeah, like, no, they, no, no, like, I'm, I'm, but it's like, not just Bruno. It's not just Bruno. Like a Jack oh, no. Grealish. No, or, oh, oh, I, I know. I'm just like I'm saying that type of player. I'm just yeah. a Man United fan who will always go to a Man United player when describing something. Bruno, if, okay. If now Bruno that you got, brought it up, if, yeah, Bruno if Bruno got his face, if he got his face stepped on, we are recording this on Monday night. This incident happened Sunday morning. Bruno would be in the exact same spot still clenching like yeah. he just got shot he, he'd he be in the icu like it, it would be major news in england like he, he would he would not be he would not have continued in that game one one because he'd over exaggerate it but two he'd also be really fucking hurt i don't think suchek should have continued that game that is a very terrible gash on his face but like the, a certain type of player would have 
I died on the pitch there. I I, I just that that would have killed like like Neymar. Oh my God, Neymar would have hurt himself rolling over too hard. I it's just I'm glad it was Suchek because that's the kind of players who were like eh whatever, fuck it. Yeah, I I he, like I said, it's it, the exact comment I said going into this. In in 20 years, those scars are gonna look really really nice. And he oh, it's gonna be, get him so laid. He no, he's just gonna be a Bond villain. Like he's just got he's literally just gonna be a Bond villain. He's gonna be just an evil you know do Bond, person. Do, do Bond villains get laid? I have to assume. I don't like, th- I don't think they do. And and paying for it doesn't count. So well, I don't think I mean, they do. If paying for thinking... it if paying for it doesn't count, I don't want to talk about my stories, but um wow. Oh, <laughs> that's that's my bad joke of the uh episode, guys. I'm I'm always good for one. Um yeah. That was a I, joke. Uh, my life is a joke, so anything about me would be consistent <laughs> with being a joke, I would think. Is that math? I think that's math. I'm going to go with math. Um, if you're ever, if you're Everton, uh, don't be upset. Um, you guys, you, again, you guys fought well. Uh, this is just another game. Um, I, again, you can only be so good without, and again, I get Damari Gray and Townsend and others are, are pulling whatever weight they can, but until you get Richarlson and Dominic Calvert-Lewin back at a hundred percent, you know, there's only so much that you can do as an organization without your best offensive players i mean anyone if you were missing your two best goal getters you would be struggling so honestly i feel like everton they're just going to kind of hover where they are at and then eventually they are going to just shoot up because i think rafa benitez is doing a wonderful job with them so um really can't add much more to that um we're going to move on to the next game newcastle two tottenham three um, in a game that actually got abandoned at one point due to players from both teams making it uh, known to the referees and the medics and stuff, a uh, fan actually had uh, went into cardiac arrest in the middle of the game. And um, we are now, well, I mean, not we're now, it's not like we're breaking news, but as we were learning more, we heard that the man was stable on the way to the hospital. So I wanted to get that out of the way first and foremost. Um, I'm glad to hear the fan is okay. Um, big shout out to the players and the medical staff from the teams who got out there and helped. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just that just needs to be said. Thank you for all parties involved, you know. You wonder if the game wasn't stopped, if the medical staff didn't come on the field, what would have happened? And, you know, you just, the worst case scenarios start running through your head. And I just keep thinking of, you know, I just keep thinking of Christian Erickson. And I'm just like, good freaking God, a guy went to a soccer game and almost didn't come home. And it's like, you just hear horror stories like that. And it's just like, it, re- it wrecks me mentally because, like, I was at a soccer game when this was going on, and it kind of just made me like, hey, maybe I should just text my wife that I, you know, I love her. So, um, yeah, that's the sappy part of the episode, and we're gonna we're gonna move on to the actual game. Um, Newcastle's new ownership. This was the first game that the Newcastle ownership was in the building, um, and an early second minute goal from Wilson definitely made him feel like, Hey, I definitely made the smart decision. <sighs> and then Tottenham got darn Tottenham and wet and Newcastle Don West And, uh, if it wasn't for an own goal from Eric Dyer, this game would have been an absolute blowout. Uh, JD results like this make me really start to think that Tottenham might be on the right direction. Um, maybe, but you got to understand, Newcastle's new ownership means absolutely nothing on the field. Outside the field, it's a huge boost to the club, you know, for right or wrong reasons. But right, th- this game, having new owners means absolutely nothing. They're, they had no influence on this game. Maybe the players are, you know, pumped up by the crowd reacting to the new owners, but but really, player-wise, it means nothing. And sure, you get you get the second-minute Cal Wilson header, great goal, lifted lifted the entire stadium. But then they came back down to earth because this is still the Newcastle team that is in nineteenth place in the league, and they still might get relegated. 
It depends on what they do in January with the with the money they have now, but it's not looking good for them. And Tottenham, yeah, Kane Kane back and scoring and assisting in a goal. That's great news for Spurs because, I, I mean, I would say like, oh, he he hasn't done much this season. He hasn't done he's done fuck all this season. He hasn't. This was his first goal this season in eight the first eight games. That, that's insane for him. So I yeah maybe it's maybe it's Tottenham getting back to where they should be, but it's also against a team that is just not very good. So I I don't know. And Eric Dyer, look, he's the reason that the defibrillator went like he he was he ran like first Serge Region was the guy that pointed it out to the referee. So great on him. And then Eric Dyer was the one that ran over to the medical staff was like get a fucking medic and defibrillator over to the stands there. So that's great. So I'm not even going to say anything about his own goal. Yeah. Because it, it, it's an unfortunate own goal. Yeah. It happens to the best players. But I, from a personal standpoint, like, I'm not I'm not going to say anything about it because he just showed such an act of character. And, and honestly, I think that's, you know, and that's, that's where I, I love the fact that, especially now in the social media era, like you think to yourself, like if this happened back in the '90s or God forbid, even the early 2000s, where social media wasn't on top and wasn't able to get all of these stories in place, you know, people would have made fun of Eric Dyer all night for the own goal he scored. And you made a very good point. He's one of probably the main reasons why that gentleman gets to go home to his wife at some point and his family. And like, you know what? Hey. Just remember that these guys are also fellow human beings. And, you know, I, again, there's, I guess, the biggest story to take away, like I said. I'm, I'm happy that guy gets to go home to his family. And I, honestly, I'm glad Harry Kane and Young Ming Sung are locking in that partnership again. Because if they get that thing started, God, that was so much fun last year. I would love to see that kick off again. But guys, we are going to go now into the final game of the weekend. Now, yes, this was on a Monday. Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 2. In a game that saw an early Obama Yang goal, followed up by two Crystal Palace goals, followed up by a 95th minute game tying goal by Alexander Lacazette in Patrick Vieira's return to Arsenal as the away team's manager, J.D., what would you th- what what's the biggest storyline from this game for you? Arsenal are a very small club mentality Ooh. wise. Oof. Oh my god, I've been saying that for literally the entirety of this podcast. They are. Honestly, they are celebrating this 95th minute winner like they just won the fucking Champions League. No, you just came back and drew against Crystal Palace at home. I Arsenal supporters at that game, I don't even know why they were cheering. Like, sure, great. A great end to the game from a neutral. But as an Arsenal supporter, I don't know how you can actually say, like, oh, what a great result right at the end. This is Crystal Palace. This is not a good team. Yeah, but... There's some good players. There's some good players. But this is a team that will not... Will never be a good team. And this is Arsenal. You need to be beating this team at home. That I I really have nothing else to say. I Edward is looking great. Christian Benteke fucking scored on Arsenal. I I I have nothing else to say. I but I just want to jump in, and I understand that we have these preconceived thoughts about you know we have these preconceived thoughts about Crystal Palace, but this isn't your grandma's Crystal Palace. This is the new look crystal palace they brought in newer younger players who are much and, more aggressive like and this they're gonna a, leave in a year or two and I, they're gonna I, be back to normal crystal yeah, palace but I, i'm talking culture this is like a culture change I, yeah. I i i look at it again i'm excited for what crystal palace is doing because crystal palace quietly in one off season brought in a new manager 
brought in new players and exciting things are happening. I think if you're a Crystal Palace fan, this has got to be the most fun you've had watching your soccer club in quite some time. And honestly, outside of a 95th game tie, 95th minute game tying goal, Crystal Palace almost walked away with the win today. That would have been massive. It's Arsenal. I, feel, I understand, but Arsenal, you know, still a bigger club, JD. They're still a bigger club. Are they? So, yeah, I think so. I think so. So, I mean, I guess, you know, with Arsenal, I feel like this is just a massive disappointment. Um, yeah, you should be beating teams like Crystal Palace. With who you have on the field, you should be beating teams like Crystal Palace. But, uh, I don't know, here nor there. I mean, you know, I always make the joke, well, at least recently I've made the joke. Remember how we always used to talk about how Ollie, Big Frank, and, you know, Arteta, oh, who's going to be the best of the three? What if all three aren't good? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, all three aren't good yeah. well that, that's what i use to laugh myself to sleep um guys that is going to be all of the games this weekend quickly to break down the points jd had five i had six and the fans had four which brings our current season total to jd with 34 the fans with 32 and me with 31 it's getting tight at the top, boys and girls. No, it's not. There's plenty of... Oh, well, my other thing I was going to say is there's plenty ball still left to play. And ball don't <laughs> lie, JD. Ball don't lie. Uh, guys, as always, make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at the EPL Boys. Um, please continue the interactions. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal with reaching out, fan questions, fan picks, and stuff like that. So, guys, I can't thank you enough. Uh, we're going to try harder every single day to be a little bit more active on the social media. So, you know, bear with us. We are a work in progress, but we appreciate all the feedback and everything you guys have been giving us. So, guys, once again, thank you so much uh, for JD and myself. Guys, have a great rest of the evening. Be safe, be well. Peace out. The boys are back in town. The boys are